If you've ever driven down the five freeway in San Diego and seen the huge glowing temple from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and wondered what the heck goes on in there, or you've seen us talk about going to the temple weekly on our stories and wondered why we're so obsessed with hanging out there, or even if you're a member but are struggling with getting to the temple, today we're talking about all these things. We're first breaking down some of the basics of the temple and then sharing some personal experiences and blessings we've received in the temple and why it's so vital for us to keep going. Well, today we prepared actually two different topics and they just were not coming together. We prepared one and it just wasn't feeling right. So then we prepared a different one and we were about to record and we said a prayer like we always do. And instead I got the impression multiple times while we prayed that we needed to talk about temples instead and explain why they're important to us and what we do in there. Our family is actually heading to Arizona this week in a couple days. So when this podcast releases on Monday, we will have just gone to the Mesa, Arizona Temple Open House. And so hopefully we'll have a chance to share some of our thoughts and feelings after going there. But I hope this episode helps anyone who has had curiosity about the temple or why we go, or maybe even just wants to lean on some of our experiences to have the motivation to go if you are a member and you haven't been as much or lately or whatever. So to start off with, temples are not just a Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints thing. This is something that the prophets were doing in the Old Testament and the New Testament. So Moses had a temple, Solomon had a temple, Jesus taught in the temple. So it's something that is a long-standing religious tradition of in Christianity and in other religions too. Yeah. So, you know, and it's a a sacred place to worship and to perform sacred ordinances. And we'll get into all of that and what the heck that even means. I hope that if you're listening to this and you're not familiar with some of these terms, that we can break them down into really digestible little pieces so that it all starts to come together and make sense. Because I know there's a lot of terminology and jargon and whatever that might be confusing if this isn't all super familiar to you. So I feel like the biggest thing, like if I can boil it down to what I learned in primary when I was like Millie's age or Lila's age, you know, five, six years old, little kid, is that temples make it possible for families to be together forever, right? That's kind of like the crowning reason why we as members of the Church of Jesus Christ worship in temples is so that we can create these forever family units, right? Yeah. So there's a difference though between chapels and temples. And I really want to talk about that because I I still remember there was a woman who was interested in going to our church where back in our old neighborhood and she would drive by our chapel and she was under the impression that you had to have a recommend to go to church. You had to have a card and be a member to go to church with us, which is not true. So all of our church buildings are open to the public. Like every Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints building, you will see a sign outside that says visitors welcome. And that's just supposed to be an indicator that anyone can come in and sit through our services and worship with us. But temples are a little bit different. And do you want to explain why, Neil? Yeah, temples are 
places where you make covenants or promises. So a covenant is basically like a, you know, in, you think of like legal terms, you're, there's two parties that are promising to do something Mm -hmm. for um, one another or having to do with a transaction of sort. And so each, each side promises or covenants to do something. So it's in this instance, you're covenanting, making covenants with God, you're making promises with him, and then he promises things in return. And so, in order to, so the the temple is really a special place, a, um, a a really spiritual place, and so to to be able to go to the temple as a member, uh, first you do have to be a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints and have had you know been baptized into the church and made those covenants uh, and promises at baptism, and then also to be able to live certain standards of purity. Of, of the gospel in order to be, there is a kind of a worthiness standard to be there. So basically um, living the basic commandments of things like paying uh, tithing or living the law of tithing, living the law of chastity, um, living the word of wisdom, some of these things so that let's, we abide let's by. Let's break those down for anyone who's like, what is that? So the law of tithing, just like the Bible, 10%, that's what we believe in. You give 10% to the church and then they use those funds to help build buildings and to help with welfare and to help with disaster relief, lots and lots of different programs that the church uses that money for. And then like the law of chastity, we believe super simple. Like we believe that sexual things should only happen between a married couple. And then what was the other thing? Oh yeah. The word of wisdom is, you know, a health conduct that we commit to when you want to. And this isn't like in order to be a member, you have to do all these things perfectly. There are definitely different levels of people just wanting to come to our church and they're not a member yet. Totally fine. And then joining our church and maybe it takes them a minute to want to, or to kind of warm up to, or build up to a commitment level where they're, they're willing and ready to live all of these commitments a hundred percent. And then once, you know, a person is at that point where they want to move on to the next level, then they can go and speak to their ecclesiastical leader. Like you're, you know, you're usually it's the bishop or someone in the bishopric and the bishop is like our, our congregational leader. And he is able to just go through these interview questions with you and ask you like, do you really believe in the church? Do you sustain our leaders? Do you, um, and, and that's like one of my favorite things is, do you have a testimony of this gospel? Like they, you know, that's like first and foremost, isn't that the very first question? I yeah. Think well, it's is, the basics of the gospel. Like, do you believe in God, yeah. the eternal father? Do you believe in Jesus Christ? Yep. Um, do you believe in the restoration of the gospel? That's something that's, that, that we believe in, that the gospel is restored through the prophet Joseph Smith. Um, and then there's there's other questions of, about your, do you live the law of chastity? Do you you know are you striving to live these things in your life? So yeah, they go through all those questions, and it's 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 a way of just making sure that you're prepared to. I mean, if you're making you know this isn't the greatest example, but I mean, if you are making a major uh, I don't know merging two companies together and mm-hmm. there was some agreement, like you would want to make sure that you're prepared for that, that everything, your house is in order, your business totally. is your in order. Your books are in order. You have like, all are your you debts cleared out. Ready? Are you prepared? Yeah. Are you in a place where you're prepared for this, this interaction or this, this transaction to happen? 
Um, and, and just making sure that, it, but it's a spiritual preparation opposed to a physical one. So these are all spiritual concepts and principles and, and ways to live your life. Um, and, and so it's a, it's, you know, it's something that, that prepares you to make those covenants. Cause if you, if you're not prepared and you're not spiritually, um, you know, at that point where you're ready to, to make those covenants, because, you know, maybe you've been struggling with other things in the gospel or, um, some of these other questions, maybe your testimony of Jesus Christ isn't where it needs to be, or you're not really, um, haven't had a a strong belief in the law of tithing or something like that, or you're struggling in, you know, some part with the word of wisdom. You're still, how about the guy that we met this week? That was such a cool story. The, this temple sealer. Oh yeah. Yeah. He, this guy was, I mean, probably for sure in his eighties, yeah, if yeah. not in his nineties, uh, definitely older, like actually old, not like you've no, no, no. He, like he was an older man and citizen. he was amazing. He, um, told us this story about how he married his wife and then she took the discussions from the missionaries and was interested in our church, joined the church. And then he told us it took me five years to join the church because that's how long it took me to quit smoking. And we were like, wow, seriously, five years? And I said, did you go to church all those five years? And he said, absolutely. I totally believed in it. It just took me that long to quit smoking. So, and now this man has been a a mission president. He's a temple sealer now, like, you know, some pretty amazing ways that he's served in the church. But you know, at the beginning of his journey, it took him some baby steps and even like five years to reach the point to even be baptized into our church. So that was such a cool testament to me that God works with you at your own pace, where you're at as, as slowly or quickly as you're ready to jump in. And I think that's a great example because he still went to church. Like he wasn't, and totally. I, and I think this speaks to the, what you were saying before, where anyone's welcome to come into a church building. So he was still smoking. And I, I love, um, one of our prophets, president Hinckley, um, he was prophet when I grew up in the nineties, he would kind of say like, he's, you know, made a comment of kind of like, Hey, I don't mind if there's a little bit of smell of cigarettes in the, you know, if someone's, it means people are trying, like, you know, if they come into the the building smelling like cigarettes or it means that, that the people are trying, that they're showing up and, and it, it basically, it, it's a good differentiator because you don't need to, um, it's not like it's a, a standard of perfection to too. be able to walk through the doors of, of a church building. Yeah. Um, for the temple, it is a little bit different. You need to be prepared to make additional covenants and to make those promises and to be in a place where you're confident in your, you know, your spirituality and your ability to answer, you know, in the affirmative to the questions that you're asked before, um, getting a temple recommend, um, in preparation to go to the temple, you gotta be, be ready to make those, those covenants and commitments. So one thing I really love that our church does is they offer opportunities for people who are not members yet, or they're maybe not old enough because in our church, you have to be at least 11 years old to enter the temple. And we'll get into like what goes on inside the temple in just a minute. But before you're a member or before you're old enough, you can go through a temple that has not been dedicated yet in something called a temple open house. And that's what we're going to take our kids to this week, which I'm super excited about. They're so excited too, because they know that we go to the temple weekly. And I think there is some curiosity, like what's, you know, what goes on in there and like, what are mom and dad doing? So um, they were especially excited to hear that they could see each room in the temple, including the celestial room, which we will also talk about in just a minute. But 
Um, we'll have to put in the show notes how to find a temple open house near you because I know that the Mesa, the Mesa, Arizona temple is open right now for open house tours. Someone also told me that there's one in Idaho. I think maybe the Boise, Idaho temple is an open house. So they'll do open houses for two different reasons. Either when a temple is completed, a brand new temple is completed before it's dedicated, or if they do like a big renovation on it, then they will do an open house before it's rededicated. So I'm assuming that this huge four-year renovation project with the Salt Lake Temple, I'm guessing that before they reopen it or rededicate it, that they will open it to the public for an open house, which will be incredible because the Salt Lake Temple took 40 years to build. It's such a huge part of our heritage and it's just a beautiful, incredible building. And I think they've restored a lot of the original features of it, but they're making it a stronger foundation. And anyway, so if you ever have the chance to go to an open house, go because it's like a once in a lifetime opportunity. If you're not a member of our church, but you're curious to see just like what it looks like, no one's going to try to baptize you. No one's going to pressure you to be a member of our church or, or look into it or anything. It's just a cool opportunity to walk through and see these beautiful, beautiful rooms before they're being actually used for ceremonial purposes. So I guess that leads right into what do we do inside of temples? And there's a lot of good information and a lot of what I would say way more bad information out there where people are taking things that are really sacred to us and kind of twisting it or making it weird. And you could do that with anything too. Like I think back to someone explained this to me, like you could take the Bible story and be, and make it sound so weird if you wanted to, you could be like, oh, this teenager got impregnated by God. And then she like stumbled into a barn and supposedly had this baby. And there was like this star and these rich men came and gave them gifts. And like, you could make it sound super weird if you wanted to, right? Like you could make the story of Jesus's birth sound like just such this far-fetched, who would ever believe that kind of a story. And in the same way, I think that our temple, um, our, what happens inside of our temples can be presented in the same way, but it is such a beautiful and amazing thing. If you look at it in the right way. And I feel like I had an incredible experience from the first time I went to the temple because I had amazing temple prep. Um, I was living in Huntington Beach, California at the time and had an amazing temple prep teacher. And there was this kind of older gentleman who did temple orientation and he taught me, he used the scriptures and taught me, okay, Corinne, this is what you're going to see in the temple. Let me show you in the scriptures how God has done this exact same thing with all these prophets where he's taken them up to the top of a mountain and shown them the creation of the world and then talked to them about his plan and how that fits into everything. And basically that's what happens to us when we go to temples. So there's three main things. There's th so three main ordinances, which are like sacred ceremonies for us. So the first one is baptism. So baptisms for the dead. So you get, if you are a living member of our church, you get baptized into the church, not inside a temple. Like Annabelle had hers at our neighbor's pool because of COVID, but usually it happens inside of a chapel. Um, but we do baptisms for the dead. So for people who were not able to be baptized 
in this life. And that's could sound like a super weird thing, but it is actually a biblical teaching too. Like they did that in Bible times. Do you remember where in the Bible, Neil? So in 1 Corinthians 15, the Apostle Paul actually talks about this, talking to the people of Corinth. Uh, this verse 29, it says, Else what shall they do which are baptized for the dead, if the dead rise not at all? Why are they then baptized for the dead? So he's he's, he's he's referring to baptisms for the dead. And he's like, well, you know, why are they, why do we do baptisms for the dead if the dead rise not at all? Um, and so he, there's, there's reference to this in the new, yeah, in the new Testament and the there, resurrection. And um, if and, people are going to be resurrected in the next life, then versus like, if they weren't going to live again, then why would we do baptisms for yeah. the dead? Okay. So. It's something that was performed and taught and referenced to in the Bible. We do that in our church. The other thing that we do is temple marriages or sealings in the temple. So like Neil and I were married in the Bountiful Temple in August of 2011. But then we have good friends who joined the church after they had been married and had some kids. So they were sealed in the temple as a couple. And then also they were able to bring their kids in and be sealed to them. So that just like I said in the beginning, it created that eternal family unit, which was so cool. And we could even drop the video of the Carlys into the show notes because that was such a special um, and amazing experience to just see the joy and happiness that they had in their family when they were all sealed together. So baptism, marriage, or sealing, like, you know, either marriage to the two people or family sealing. And then the other one is the endowment, which endowment means gift. Mm -hmm. And so we believe that that's like a gift that you get when you receive your endowment. So you receive that gift. And that's where you learn about the creation of the world and about God's plan of happiness for us. And you kind of find out about some of the blessings that he has in store for us here in this earthly life and then in the life to come too. So it's a really cool way to kind of receive instruction from God. And um, in this video that we have from the church that we will also put in the show notes. So lots of really good stuff in the show notes. If you normally don't pay attention, definitely go there after and look at some of these links. But we will link to a video that the that our church produced that kind of shows you some visuals of what in the inside of a temple looks like and how you progress from room to room, which is supposed to symbol progression in this life and then in the life to come. And there's tons of symbols in the temple, tons and tons. Like they talk about that in the actual ceremony that that certain things are symbolic. Um, and one of the things I love about the temple is that everyone dresses in white. And my mom taught me from a young age, that's such a cool symbol that when we get to heaven, we're all the same. Like God looks at us all the same and that we're all God's children. And that's one of the reasons too why It's a Small World is my favorite. I was waiting for it. I was because wondering if you were going to reference I, I told Neil on that ride, we got to go. It was kind of cool. We shut the ride down. We were the very last boat when we were at Disneyland for our anniversary, which I've never done before. It's usually they pack like 15 people into one little boat and it was just Neil and me. So it was like this little romantic, it's a small world cruise. 
It was the very last, we got to take the very last ride of the night, just the two of us. And at the end, I said, oh, this is my favorite part because just like the temple. And Neil looked at me like, what? And I said, yeah, it's like the temple. They're all dressed in white. So if you've ever been on the ride, it's a small world that shows all of these different cultures and backgrounds and different races and everything from all parts of the world, right? And it's showing like some of their little traditions and what they do culturally, and they have lots of different ways of dressing and colors and and kind of themes, right, throughout the whole ride. And then at the very end, those people are still dressed in the same type of cultural attire, but it's all in white. And it is the coolest thing because it feels like, yes, this is exactly what the way that God sees us. He recognizes our differences, but we're all equal in his eyes. And it's like, everyone's in white. It's just like gives me chills every time. I love it so much. So in the temple, it's the same. We all come dressed in white to perform temple ordinances. And it's, that is one of my favorite symbols is you strip away a lot of that worldliness and, and the different, you know, ways that people kind of view each other differently. And you sit down and you're like, gosh, we all are the same in here. It all feels the same. Like you you put everyone on an equal level inside the temple. And I really, really, really love that. So do you want to talk for a minute, Neil, about covenants? And I know you briefly mentioned that earlier about how it's between two people, but some of the covenants that we make with God in the temple. Yeah. And this is, again, like if anyone's listening to this and feeling nervous, like we're saying something we shouldn't, because we are taught that in the temple, those are sacred things that we shouldn't discuss outside of the temple. We very carefully wrote down and are going by what the church has produced in a video that's, that we'll, that's we'll telling just it. enough so that you can get an understanding, but it's not anything that they weren't comfortable that, releasing basically. Exactly. And, and it's the, probably the most specific um, piece document or anything that I've seen the church come out with or produce that, that basically like watching it, if you've been through the temple, you're like, yeah, I mean, that's, that's it. <laughs> there you go. That's There's, what it is. You know, I think people get kind of, kind of like, oh, it's, it's a secret or no one says anything about it. I'm like, well, there, there you go. That's pretty much spells it out. Um, but they, you know, in this video, they talk about it, they say the covenants that we make are oh, to obey God's commandments, uh, to live the gospel, to remain morally pure and to dedicate time and talents to the Lord's service. Um, and so it's pretty, those, those are the things. And I, and I love that for me, it was really cool. Like I, I didn't know what to expect going through the temple. I, you know, I'd, similarly as Corinne, like gone through temple prep, been a member of the church my whole life and learned about these different things and learned about the gospel principles. I've been baptized, was striving to live them, but it was really refreshing and, and really special for me to go in there and be like, you know, as far as making those covenants, I w there were no surprises. Mm -hmm. I'm like, well, yeah, of course, you know, of course, living God's commandments or, um, you know, some of these other things we talked about, like it, there were no surprises. And, and so that's what I love. And, and it was just a really special experience for me. But but yeah, it, it's pretty much, you know, spelled out in this video of what happens in the temple. Yeah, and we will, again, we will link to that in the show notes. So make sure you check there if you'd like to watch that or show it to your kids or whatever. It's a really great little, it's like two minutes. It's yeah, a great resource. Quick. So 
my favorite part of going to the temple is once you've done, once you've performed one of these ceremonies, so you do each of them for yourself one time. And then every time you go back, it's always a service. So you're doing it in behalf of someone who's passed away and they have the option to choose to accept or deny the service that you provided by going through the temple in their name. Um, And then at the end, once you're done with that ordinance, you're able to go into the celestial room, which is like this absolutely beautiful room. Each temple's celestial room looks different, but it's a place where we believe that we can receive divine direction from God and get hope and peace. And it just feels so amazing when you walk in there. And I'm always, I've never talked to you about this, but I'm always amazed that you and I whisper and yet I feel like we can hear each other perfectly. In that room, have you ever, have you ever thought of that? It is like just that quiet, yeah. It's just like super quiet and peaceful, but we've had some of the most amazing experiences of our marriage in the celestial room, starting with the impression to move to Southern California. And I remember that so vividly that we were living in Utah. We went to the temple together. And at the time, we weren't super great about going to the temple. I mean, we probably were going... I don't know, like once every couple months, once a quarter yeah. or something like that. Before we got married, actually, we had an awesome stake president who interviewed Neil and me. And he said, are you guys going to the temple? And we were like, yeah, we're going once a month. This was when we were engaged and preparing to be married. And he said, I need you to go every week. And we kind of looked at each other like, whoa, that's intense. But we started going weekly and it was amazing. It changed everything about our relationship and brought the spirit so much into um into our relationship at the time. I, I almost said marriage, but we weren't married yet. So it just set us off on such a neat foot to walk into the temple, get married there, and just really, really be on a spiritual high at that point in our relationship. So anyway, but down the road, once we like got busy with life, had a kid, you know, we just weren't going to the temple quite as much. And but we made it there at one point and we were sitting in the celestial room together and I got the strongest impression that we needed to move. And I started crying and Neil, Neil was like, why are you crying? And I was like, I don't want to tell you. And he said, you have to tell me. And so I said, I feel like we need to move. And he goes, move out of our house. And I said, no, I feel like we need to move to Southern California. And then what did you say? Which was like the greatest news I've ever <laughs> heard in my life. I'm like, I'm coming back to the temple every week after this. Yeah. I'd, I'd like dreamed of that forever. So, <laughs> so I was yeah. like, whoa, okay. Neil was excited. I was sad to leave my family, but, but I that, knew it was a real thing. Like it was God telling me you need to move to Southern California. So very, very, very long story short, we ended up moving and God put all these pieces into place for us to move here. And... I remember also when we would try to go to the temple and I would get really frustrated because I felt like something bad happened every time. Like we would get in a fight or there would be an accident on the way or we get stuck in traffic or the babysitter would quit or quit like a babysitter would cancel. And I just remember feeling so discouraged. Like, okay, if I, if something bad's going to happen every time, do we even go? This is so frustrating. And it just felt like there was like, opposition every time we tried to get to the temple. And I finally asked my parents about it because I knew they were going weekly and they were like, you just kind of do it as long, you know, as soon as you start just making that commitment and you start going, then, you know, 
the Lord will help you more because he sees your heart and your commitment to want to go. And, and so I try to give a gift to Jesus every year and I've been doing that for quite a while and had each time I've done that, I've had a miracle that, that kind of goes along with that gift that I try to offer to Jesus. And the year that, let's see, so this was October, 2018. So Russell M. Nelson gave this talk in October of 2018 where he said, if you have reasonable access to a temple, I urge you to find a way to make an appointment regularly regularly with the Lord to be in his holy house and then keep that appointment with exactness and joy. I promise you that the Lord will bring the miracles he knows you need as you make sacrifices to serve and worship in his temples. And I remember hearing that and being like, wow, yeah, I need to make an appointment, especially the word appointment jumped out to me. And for me individually, I feel like I thought about the word appointment and like, okay, what appointments do I have in my life? I have my hair appointments. I have like a doctor's appointment. I have nail appointments, <laughs> a lot of things that are kind of unimportant, but I will tell you what, I never miss my hair appointment with my girl because she's so busy that if I miss that, then I'm going to have gray hairs for the next, you know, five or six weeks or whenever she can fit me in. So that's an appointment I do not miss. Or if I know something's coming up, I reschedule it as quickly as I can. And so that word just really stuck out to me and made me think of attending the temple in such a different way. Not like, oh, whenever you can squeeze it in, go when it's convenient for you every once in a while. It was like, no, make a commitment, make an appointment with the Lord and keep it with exactness and joy. And he will give you the miracles he knows you need. So I told Neil, I really want to go. I want to make it a goal to go to the temple weekly. And he was totally supportive and on board. And so the beginning of January, 2019, we started going every week. And the third week of January, we were in the temple. And if you go back to our very, very first episode, you can listen to this in detail, but Neil talks about how he, well, you say it, what you felt when we walked into the temple that day. Well, yeah, I just felt like usually, you know, we were in a rush that morning anyway. Like we were, it's just kind of like rushing to make, you know, to make it on time to when the session started. And, you know, it was just kind of another day at the temple, but I just felt overwhelmed. I just felt God's, a sense of God's power. And, and it was just a really, I don't know, just with an overwhelming sense of love uh, and peace from God. Like I've never felt that, that strongly. And it was just walking through the temple. We hadn't even, you know, really gotten all the way in to the temple yet. And I, it was so out of the blue that I, I really didn't know what to think of it. And I just was like, wow, why am I, why am I feeling this? And then it was later on that day that we found out my brother had been killed. Um, and I don't know, it was just a really powerful moment for me. Yeah. And I remember the only thing I remember from that temple session was going through um, and then sitting in the celestial room at the end and having this impression. I started to think about like all the things I needed to get done that day. And we had a photo shoot that afternoon and there was a lot going on and I remember just having the impression, don't rush him, like to just sit and let Neil sit as long as he wanted to. And so I was like, okay. So we, we sat, I think a little longer than we normally would. And 
then it was kind of like, okay, are you ready to go? And I said, yep. And we left. And, and as far as this promise that the miracles, the Lord will bring you miracles he knows you need as you make sacrifices to serve and worship in the temple. I remember a couple months later, because I was going every week, and I don't think that we would have gone to the temple nearly as frequently after Dave died, because it just was a chaotic time. It was survival mode. It was 100%. Like, we are just barely surviving here. Neil was grief-stricken. I was super overwhelmed with, you know, trying to stay up with life after all of the things that was hap- that had happened. We had a new baby. I mean, Millie was like five or six months old. There's just a lot going on in life. And I think it would have been so easy to say like, we're a little, this is overwhelming. We're a little too busy. Like some other time we'll go to the temple more. But because I had made that commitment, I kept going. We went together most weeks, but every once in a while I would just go by myself. And I remember one week going by myself because there was some scheduling conflict or something. And Neil was really struggling with grief at that time. And I remember sitting down in the celestial room and feeling like Dave came and sat next to me and just said, Hey, it's, it's going to be okay. And I mean, that's so simple, but it just felt like because I was in the temple and just so close to heaven that I got that like specific impression that I needed that it was all going to be okay. And and a lot of really cool things have happened like that, but that that's one that sticks out in my mind was that year was really hard in a lot of ways. And I remember feeling like I got that exact amount of comfort and peace that I needed in that moment. And we've had a lot of experiences like that. So one thing I love that President Nelson said recently too in conference, he gave this amazing talk on temples and he said, if you don't love to attend the temple, go more often, not less which the more I've gone to the temple, you would think that because some of these things are kind of repetitive that you'd get bored of it or get sick of it. And it's been the opposite for me. The more I go, the more I love it. And the more I feel like I do not want to do life without this because there's so much spiritual strength for me personally that comes through going to the temple frequently. What are your thoughts, Neil? No, I would agree. I I just keep thinking of the last cause. So we have these conferences every six months and the prophet speaks and the, the last one that he, it was kind of the last talk, the closing talk in the last conference in October, 2021. It's president Nelson, the prophet of our church is this talk called make time for the Lord. But what really stuck out to me, and he, he talks about the, basically the same concept and, that he talked about before a few years earlier of, of making time for the Lord. But I, pretty powerful what he says. He says, nothing will strengthen your spiritual foundation like temple service and temple worship. Um, so it just, I don't know, that was so just really simplified it for me and looking at like, okay, what do I need to do to increase my spirituality to, you know, face life? Cause I think it's, they're just things that happen on a day-to-day basis. Things are challenging, things are hard. And, um, and I think that, yeah, you can try and face it or what I've tried to do in my life before is face it on my own 
and have found frustration or challenge, or maybe I've worked through something, but I've, I've seen in my life time and time again, when I pray and spiritually try and tap into God's power that he's willing to give to me, if I listen and open myself up to it, things work out in such a better way and go in such a better direction than I ever would have imagined, um, that I never could have come up with on my own. Like, sure, I can make it through life and and kind of stumble around and, and find my way through. But if I listen to him and I follow what he would have me do, then it's just astronomically different in a better way, in a more positive way. And so, um, that's why I think we talk in the podcast all the time about taking spiritual actions or trying to connect spiritually or doing these things. And so when President Nelson said that, nothing will, you know, will strengthen your spiritual foundation like going to the temple, um, that my ears perked up and I'm like, okay, um, it's something that we're striving to do already, but it just upped the level of seriousness for me when I heard that. So one last thing I want to just share is that I think sometimes there's a misconception or misunderstanding. Even for me growing up in the church, I felt like it was kind of like a, this is what you do. And this is what we do. Like we go on missions and we get married in the temple. And I think that actually what Heavenly Father's plan is all about is agency and giving you choices. And even in the temple, we learn about that. And and as we choose, like as you and I have chosen to go to the temple more, we we have received more blessings in the same way that as I've taken my scripture study more seriously, then I feel like I've had the spirit in my life more. And that is so not to say that I'm perfect. I am so far from perfect and I've had very recent humbling experiences to show me just how imperfect I am. But I think that to help that imperfection and to help me not stumble quite as much through life. Every little thing that I can do to keep myself within an earshot of God and what he's trying to tell me is going to help me be less clumsy. And I love that I can hear him so clearly in the temple and that he can speak directly to me about what he needs me to do and things he needs me to change and ways that he needs me to improve or, you know, just maybe like change your focus a little bit, Corinne, like think about this instead of that. Or I know that you want me to give, this is funny too. Sometimes I'll sit down and try to counsel God and be like, okay, Heavenly Father, like give me advice on this, or I need you to tell me what to do with that. And a lot of times he will come back to me and say, "Mm, nope, actually, this is what you're supposed to be focused on. No, actually, I need you to do this right now. And lately my impressions have definitely been to first seek building the kingdom of God, like doing what God needs me to do. And then all the other things will fall into place if I just put God first. So, but all of this is built on agency. Like God loves agency. He respects our agency. It's not like, oh, if you're a member of that church, you better like step in line because everyone's expected to just be perfect robots or whatever. God's whole plan of happiness is built on agency and on our ability to choose. And I love that. And that's so important to me to remember and to even like, I guess, help people to understand, especially if you're listening to this and you're not a member of our church, to know that we treasure and that we believe in and we honor agency. And I love that our Heavenly Father honors that about us too. And this is one last 
little quotation that I'll, I'll end with. So Russell M. Nelson said, These truths I know, God, our Heavenly Father, wants you to choose to come home to Him. His plan of eternal progression is not complicated, and it honors your agency. You are free to choose who you will be and with whom you will be in the world to come. And I love that. It's like He is letting us choose. And the more we go to the temple, the more we are reminded that this is all a choice. It's all about agency, and it's all about like we get to choose how close we want to be to God and how much we want to align our life with his will. And, and so when I go to the temple, I feel like I get a lot of clarity on what actually matters in this life and what doesn't and the way that God sees me versus maybe the way that I think other people perceive me or whatever. And then none of that matters that it's all about me staying in touch with him and having him be the actual guide in my life. And that if I can just really put trust in him, he's going to know exactly where to lead me. And and the temple is the best place for me to get that guidance and that really clear voice of God and hear it in my life. Yeah, I'd have to agree. I don't, I mean, that sums it up pretty much exactly what I would say. <laughs> so no, you can't just say you agree. No, Come I on. do. I mean, that that is true. That's accurate. I mean, it's, it's a place where there's clarity spiritually like i i you know we believe that that we're spiritual beings having a mortal experience and not mm-hmm. the other way around um that although it seems like that all the time so th- really the temple for me is a place where i can spiritually sharpen up and i every time i come out i just feel like the spirit is in charge of the body instead of the other way around instead of being you know run by the natural man it's the spirit is in charge and is strengthened and then i can do the things that i know i need to do in order to be happy and progress in my life and become the person that god would have me be um, so that i can you know accomplish his purposes and tasks which are way cooler than mine um, at the end of the day and and all day every day so his plan's better and and that's really the temple is where I can get the strength to do what I need to do in that plan. Thank you. See, that was a lot better than just agreeing with me. I was, I'm in agreement. We were saying the same thing. I know, but your thoughts were really good. So one last time too, I will put, not me, actually Neil, I don't know why I'm saying it's me. Neil will put all of these important links and things that we mentioned in the show notes so that you can go see where the temple open houses are right now that you could attend and watch that video about what we do inside of our temples and anything that we've mentioned will be linked there. And then if you have questions for us about the temple specifically, if you want to know more, you can reach out to either of us, neil at mintarrow.com or corinne at mintarrow.com and email us and we'll, we'd love to email you back and provide you with whatever information we can. So anyway, thanks for hanging out with us today. We'll see you next week. Thanks so much for listening to Mint Arrow Messages. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at Mint Arrow. Subscribe to our Apple Podcasts and rate and review us if you like us. And to get show notes, go to mintarrow.com slash podcast. And you can even sign up to get show notes emailed right to your inbox. And we'll email you every time there's a new episode.